Look with me, please, in the book of John, third chapter. We began some weeks ago on a series that we are calling In the Spirit. In the Spirit. Our texts are right here in John 3, John 4, and John 6. John 3, verse 5. Jesus answered and he said, Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And that's what he's saying. Just because you're born of the flesh, a natural birth, does not mean you're automatically in the kingdom of God. Now that's contrary to what some people say. Some people say all humanity are the children of God. And that there are many different paths to God. And all these religions are people calling the same God by different names. And different approaches to the same God. But we're all children of the same God. That's a big lie. That absolutely is not true. If you believe the Bible, you can't believe that. You know, the Bible teaches there's one God. And Jesus talked about nobody could come to the Father except by Him. That He is the way. And if you didn't believe He is the one, Jesus said you would die in your sins. He told some of the most religious people of His day, He said, you are of your father, the devil. And they were religious people. So no, there's not just one family and we're all the children of God. There's two families. <laughs> I said there's two families. And unless you're born both in the natural and in the spirit, you're not in the family of God. How do you get in the family of God? Like you get into a natural family. You're born into it. And so there's a physical birth. And there's a spiritual birth, which is what people call being born again. And uh, technically, the phrase here, born again, is born from above. You're born from below, physical birth, and born from above. But he's emphasizing the difference between flesh and spirit. Flesh and spirit. Go with me to the fourth chapter. John 4 verse 20, Jesus speaking to the woman at the well of Samaria here said, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. She was trying to find out where the correct geographical place where the correct physical place was and he said no the time's coming where it's neither one it's not about a geographical place well you worship you know not what and there's a lot of people that worship and they don't know what they're worshiping it's just something that their parents did and something that their parents before them did something that their group does we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews That is, God chose Abraham and the seed of Abraham, and out of that lineage has come Jesus. 
But the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers, well, if you got true worshipers, you got worshipers that are doing something, but it's not real worship. True worshipers shall worship the Father, how? In spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship him. God is what? Not a mind. Not just some impersonal force. God is a spirit. You are a spirit. You're sitting there right now looking at me through those two windows called eyes. But you're not a body and you're not a mind. You have a mind. You live in a body. You're made, I'm made in the likeness and image of God. He is the father, the Bible says, of spirits. Somebody say, I'm a spirit. I live in a body. Now, if and when this body dies, you're going to live on. You're not going to turn into something else. You're not going to turn into an angel. That'd be a demotion. You're going to be you. You're going to still have your mind. You're going to be able to remember things from this life. Somebody said, where are you getting all that? The Bible. You ought to check it out sometime. It's got some good stuff in it. I know you do. You're going to have your mind. And you're not going to stop being. This life is the briefest thing we'll ever do. This is the shortest thing we'll ever do. This is all we've ever known. So 50 years seems like a long time to us. 80 years, 100 years, it's nothing. To God, a thousand years is like a day is to us. And so he's the one perceiving it correctly. We're the ones that think 100 years is a long time. It's nothing. It's a flash in the pan. And what's supposed to be happening, I shouldn't say supposed to be, what is happening is that God is going to get a crop from the earth of those that trust him. And in this world, this lifetime that we have is every man and woman's opportunity to choose him or not, believe in him or not, seek his will for their life or not, and sadly, most of them are not. Obey him or not. But those that do, oh, somebody say those that do. Those that do are going to be his, his treasure forever and are going to rule and reign with him in a kingdom that will never end. Hallelujah. The Bible said he's going to put us over cities. This is not a fairy tale. This is the future. And it's sad that so many don't have time for him. Because what's happening right now is showing who's going to be his and who's not going to be his. I'm so thankful. Are you thankful? I'm so thankful 
that he chose me and helped me to choose him. That's right. Hallelujah. And I've made up my mind. No matter what the rest of this crazy world does. I believe in him. And I trust him. And I'm seeking his will for my life. I want to follow him. I want to please him. And we can't do that by only doing stuff in the flesh. And in the natural. He's a spirit. He's seeking such. Read the rest of that verse please. He's seeking those. That would worship him. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Read the next verse. Excuse me, I should have backed up one. Verse 23, thank you. The hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. He is seeking. Everybody say seeking. He's seeking such to worship him. He doesn't want to hear a bunch of memorized phrases. He doesn't want to see you count beads. Or spin wheels. He warned us. About vain repetitions. Saying the same stuff. Mindlessly. Over and over. That is stuff just done in the flesh. It's religious. But the Lord doesn't want it. The Father doesn't want it. He didn't ask for it. He told us not to do it. But millions. Because of religious indoctrination. Keep going through the same rituals, the same stuff. No, he's seeking those that worship him. Look at verse 24. God is a spirit. Somebody say, and so am I. I. They that worship him must. It's not optional. If you're going to worship him, you got to do it this way. Must worship him how? In spirit and in truth. So we have been for some weeks now identifying what is spirit and what is flesh. Identifying the Holy Spirit. Because there's much given us in the Word to help us do this. John 6.63 Jesus said it is the spirit that quickens. This is one of the things that we've learned. How can you tell if it's just flesh? Or how can you tell if it's spirit or in the spirit, with the spirit, by the spirit? If it's in the spirit, the spirit's in it, involved in it. Well, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of life. He's also called the spirit of resurrection. He is the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Thank you, Lord. And he lives in you. He lives in you. Brother Hagin used to say all the time, he'd say, we need to become more God inside minded. We need to become more aware and stay mindful of who's in us. Who's in us? I'm not in this by myself. You hear people talk about, you know, well, I, I'm just so alone. No, the Lord said the Spirit of God would never leave you, never forsake you. He's in you. You're never alone. Somebody needs to say it out loud. I'm never never alone. alone. 
And he's just as real as any human person you could be around. Just a lot smarter. The greater one is in me. Hallelujah. And he is the spirit of life. He is the quickening spirit. To quicken means to make full of life. Keep reading. It's the spirit that quickens. The flesh does what? The flesh is not quickening. The flesh profits nothing. There's a deadness to the flesh. When you do stuff and it's not faith in it and the spirit's not in it and there's no anointing in it, it's just all flesh. And you can do things out of your head that are just all flesh. And if you do, it's dead. D-E-D, dead. (laughs) Dead. Just, just flat, nothing, wearing wearying, fatiguing, and I don't even have to ask you have you've experienced some of this because you've experienced too much of this. You and me both. We're down here in the flesh. But we don't have to walk by the flesh. We don't have to be dominated by the flesh. We can be aware of the spirit who's in us. And we can look for him. We should look for the witness of the Spirit. And we should look for this quickening. When you get on the right track, you get on the right answer, get on the right way, it's not dead anymore. There's a quickening. There's an enlivening. And there's a witness. Hallelujah. And that's the thing you want to look for. And then when you find that, stay on it. Somebody say the quickening spirit. He said it's the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. God's words, when the spirit of God is speaking to you, whether it's through a man or woman, whether it's from the Bible, whether it's by the spirit privately, Those words are never dead. Those words are spirit. And so they minister to you spirit. That's why so many times when the Lord speaks to you, whether it's through somebody or directly, your spirit will get excited about something and your head is not caught up. Because the words are not just mental words. And they're not just physical words sound waves. They're spirit words. And spirit words go right into your spirit. Hallelujah. And Phyllis and I have experienced this numerous times. I know many of you have. You begin to look at something or pray about something and and the Spirit of God begins to speak to you and man you get excited in your spirit. And your head's going, what, what? What are we excited about? And you go, well you'll find out soon. I'm sure. Because your heart can know things your head does not yet know. Amen. That's right. But when you get that, don't ignore it. Don't go away from it. Keep feeding that. Stay on that. Follow that. The Spirit of God is the quickening Spirit. 
I want us to go further today and talk about the Spirit, another way of identifying Him. Look with me in uh, Hebrews, the 12th chapter. He's the quickening Spirit, the Spirit of life. In Hebrews 12 and verse 12, He said, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet, Hebrews 12, now 13. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. The Lord wants things strengthened and healed, not failed and and destroyed. And verse 14, follow peace with all and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Two things here. He told us to follow. Follow peace and follow holiness. Both of these are descriptive words used in reference to the Holy Spirit. He's called the Holy Spirit. He's also called the Spirit of Peace. Peace is a big word in the Bible. A big word you sit many times. And many times in the New Testament. God is called the God of peace. The gospel is called the gospel of peace. And one way you can identify the Holy Spirit is in divine peace. If it's in the Spirit, the Spirit's in it. And if the Spirit's in it, there's going to be some quickening and life in it. We've already talked about There's also going to be some peace. Peace. Now, the peace I'm talking about, you cannot find in a pill or a syringe or a bottle or on a shopping trip or a vacation. You cannot find this. Somebody says, well, man, I've been pretty mellow, you know, with some drugs. That's not peace. That's your mind being lulled into a fog. That's not peace. And what the enemy intends is for you to lose control so that he can manipulate. If you are so drunk or so high that you don't know what you're doing, who's driving? All you got to do is look at what kind of stuff's happening. What kind of stuff are you saying and doing? You can tell. That's why the enemy pushes so hard substance abuse and why people are tempted so much because he is a manipulator. He wants to control you. And he can't do that as long as you're at the wheel. And as long as you're in control of your faculties. It's dangerous to get so high and drunk that you don't know what you're doing. That's how a lot of people are no longer with us on the earth. Right? How many people die in car accidents every year because of this stuff? 
many, many other things. People do crazy stuff, stupid stuff, stuff they don't even remember. Well, that should shake you up. You mean I'm saying and doing stuff and I'm not even aware of it? Then who's driving? Other spirits that you're yielding to. This is real. No. The Holy Spirit, by contrast, is not a manipulator. He will not control you. Here sometimes people pray and say, oh, oh God, just, please, just take me over. Help me, you know, turn my mind off and take me over and make me do it. Not going to happen. You're praying a prayer he, he can't answer. He told us to yield ourselves to him. The Holy Spirit's not going to make you do anything. If he was going to make anybody do anything, he'd make people get saved. Make them receive Jesus. Because that's heaven and hell. That's eternity. He doesn't do that. If he won't do that, he's certainly not going to make you do lesser things. It's up to us whether we yield to him or not. Jesus is not the good cowboy. Cowboy drives the herd. He's not going to drive you. He's the good what? Shepherd. And if you read the passage, it describes the old style Eastern shepherding. The shepherd calls the sheep by name and they follow. Nobody's driving them. They follow of their own accord. This is the only way it works with God. He won't have it any other way. You follow him because you want to or you won't. But we want to. I said we want to. But how do people say, well, follow God. Of course, that's, that's the right idea. How do I know it's him? How do I know what's the spirit? And what's just flesh or what's even a wrong spirit? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the quickening spirit of life. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of peace. Somebody say, follow peace. Go to 1 Peter, please. 1 Peter, the third chapter. Really valuable things we're talking about right now. You ever had to make a decision? An important one? That you needed to get right? How can you be sure you get it right? You need to be led by the Spirit. Well, how can I identify what's him? Here's a big way. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of peace. And we're told to follow peace. Go ahead and say it out loud. Follow Follow peace. peace. Follow peace. In 1 Peter 3 and 10. 1 Peter 3, 10. He that will love life... And see good days. Now let's just stop right here. How many want to have a good life. And a long one. If you look up where he's quoting this from. The original from the Old Testament. From the Psalms and other places. Includes the idea of long life. Good days and lots of them. And a good life. So basically he said. Who wants a good life and a long life. Everybody should go. Me, me, me. Then he tells you what to do. Refrain your tongue from evil. 
And that's a whole message right there. But, you know, the Bible calls the ten spies that spoke bad about the Canaan's land said that they spoke evil. Evil report. Talking unbelief is evil. Many things. And your lips that they speak no guile. Now guile is anything false. If you want to have a good life and a lot of days, you need to talk faith and agree with God. And don't tell a lie ever. Ever. You don't have to lie. Now it'd be hard to find a person in the room that had never lied. Just look straight ahead. Don't raise your hand. Nothing. But that's the past. I said that's the past. And the blood cleanses us from all sins. But if you want it to go well for you, your words matter. Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our confession of what we say. And we need to talk faith and say what he says. And we don't need to say anything except what we believe to be true. Honesty. Big thing to having a good life. Let him eschew evil, despise evil, do good. And and what else should you do? Seek peace and ensue. Now that's the King James. Others say pursue. Two things about peace. What did he say? Seek it and pursue it. Let me say it like this. This may be more close to our modern language. Look for it and follow it. When it comes to peace, he told us two things to do. We've already seen it. In Hebrews he said follow peace. Look for peace. And then what? When you find it? Follow that. Follow that. Look for peace and follow it. Phyllis and I often talk about how precious and valuable it is to begin to learn a few things about how to be led by the Spirit. It just changes your life so wonderfully and amazingly. Because people are making decisions based on all kinds of stuff. I mean, much of the world, they never ask God what they should do. They don't even check in. They don't even ask. Many don't know there is such a thing as being led by the Spirit of God. Foreign concept. But it ought not be. Because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God can expect to be and should be, ought to be led by the Spirit of God who is the Spirit of peace. Look for peace, seek it, and pursue it or follow it. When you got a decision, do I do this or do I do that? Do I get the Ford or the Chevy? Do I get the three-bedroom house or the four-bedroom house? Did I lose somebody? Do I take this job or do I take that job? Do I pursue this as my main thing in school, college, my degree, my, my major, or, or not? Do I go this way? Do I continue to see this person and and get engaged or not? Do I live here or do I live there? 
What should we do? You should be led. If you find and follow the leading of the Spirit, you're going to get it right every time. And the further you go, the more right you're going to find out it was. Because he never makes a mistake. He knows the end from the beginning. And he's never going to lead you wrong. When you wind up at the wrong place and did the wrong thing, it wasn't because you were being led by the Spirit. Led by the flesh. Led by something else. Many people are led by price. Led by price. There are people that have left good churches. Moved to the other side of the country for a few dollars more per hour job. Didn't even ask the Lord. All kind of things like this happen. People, they're looking, you know, looking on the menu and chose this one because it was a dollar cheaper and, and got food poisoning. I'm telling you, you can, you can get in trouble. Drive across town to a place you shouldn't even been to get gas for a dollar cheaper. Wind up in the intersection get hit by somebody. This happens. Wind up being somewhere you shouldn't have been because you didn't ask, not even trying to be led. And it's not like you have to stop, drop, and pray for three hours before I go to the grocery store, before I go get gas. All you got to do is develop an awareness of there's somebody else inside me who knows everything I ought to do. Oh, somebody ought to say amen about that. that There's somebody else inside me besides me. The Holy Spirit. And he will lead me and he will guide me. He's endeavoring to do it all the time if I'll just acknowledge him. I mean the Proverbs said that. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Well what if you don't even look? If you don't even ask, well, you're not acknowledging him. And he said, acknowledge him in how many ways? All, All your ways. Because truth is, you need help. Amen. You need help in everything. You can't just say, well, I got this, God. I'll, I'll check with you on the big stuff. No, honey, you, you don't know it, but you need help in this too. You need help in tying your shoes. I mean, you need help in everything. You may not think so, but you do. And all you got to do is just check, check, check inside, check inside. I'm not talking about trying to hear voices. I'm not talking about trying to see angels. Just check inside because the Bible said, Romans 8, the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. Not our head, not our intellect, not our emotions, not our feelings, not our senses, He bears witness with our spirit. Causes us to know. Look with me in uh, Colossians please. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Colossians 3.15. I'm getting excited in my spirit. There's some of that quickening. Quickening. That's southern. Quickening. Like shortening. Some of that quickening. Because I perceive some folks are going to do this. 
and going to be spared some problems. And they're going to do this and going to find some good things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When maybe before, might not even check, might not even look, might not have known what to look for. But we'll know and we'll check and it'll be spared. I'm I'm moving too quick here. We're not quite ready for Colossians. Just stay where you are. In uh, 1 Corinthians 14.33, says God is not of confusion, or some say he's not in confusion, but he's the God who's of and the God who's in peace. God's not in confusion. He's not of confusion. Confusion didn't come from him. For, For one thing, he don't have any. He's not confused about anything. He's not. God's not confused. Never do you come to him with a problem or an issue and he go, what? When did this happen? Michael, Gabriel, what are we going to do about this? Uh Uh-uh, never, 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 never. He knows the end from the beginning. He saw it coming before you were ever aware it could come. And he's already got the answer in place. He's not not trying to come up with an answer. Figure out a solution. So he couldn't minister confusion to you because he's not confused. He couldn't give you something he don't have. But all the evil spirits, all the spirits of the enemy, they are vexed. You can't be cut off from God And not be vexed. God can't give you confusion. The devil can't give you peace. Can't. He don't have it. He couldn't give it to you if his existence depended on it. The devil and his cohorts. They're real. They're spirits. They are not happy campers. They lost their place. They're looking at a future of condemnation and destruction and torment. They want to control everything down here. And even after they got they got a lot of control, but they still have not been able to crush the church. And the Bible tells them at the end, if they just bother to read, they're not going to be able to. People are getting born again all over this planet. Getting filled with the Spirit, finding out who they are in Christ. We've got more churches and bigger churches than we've ever had. I mean, it just ain't going well for him. Not like he wants it to. They're not happy. And, and what they endeavor to do is to instigate strife and angst and vexation and confusion. And you'll find that the more of that that's going on, the less God is in any of that, involved in the situation. He's not in any confusion, but the more confusion that's in the situation, the less God's doing anything in the situation. And the more the enemy is manifesting. God is not in confusion, but he's in peace. The Young's literal says God's not of tumult, but of peace, tumultuous, upheaval, 
frustration, vexation, anxiety. All of these are words that describe no peace. No peace. We've been reading in Isaiah. And you'll find more than once where it says there is no peace to the wicked. Well, we're not the wicked. We're the righteous. We've been made righteous by the blood of the Lamb. We're not supposed to be without peace. We're not supposed to be our insides in tumult. Look with me in James, please. The book of James, the third chapter. James 3 and verse 14. If you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. It's the wicked that don't have any peace. Jesus told us in John, he said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world give I to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. I've given you my peace. When you're born again. That's the first thing that happens. It washes over your being. And you know. I ain't going to hell. You know. I'm saved. You know. I'm accepted in the beloved. This doesn't frustrate you. This doesn't confuse you. This doesn't vex you. This gives you peace. peace. Your soul, your heart, your mind, your body is able to relax and go praise God. Thank God. Somebody say, thank God I'm saved. Thank Thank God. My name's in the Lamb's book of life. When you believe that and you receive that, what does that do to you? It gives you peace. gives you peace. I don't have to lie awake tonight and toss wondering if I'm going to go to hell or not. Some people say, well, I wish I was that sure. Well, if you believe the Bible, you can be. It's a matter of believing him. And it's not God who wants you vexed and upset. Learning how to do things in the spirit versus in the flesh. When you're doing stuff in the flesh and you're going the wrong way. It's going to bother you on the inside. We talk about you have a check inside. Something bothers you. Now you can ignore it. And if you ignore it day after day and week after week and month after month, you get where you hardly notice it. But that just means you're dull and carnal. It doesn't mean you're lost, but you're just dull and unaware. You want to keep yourself sensitive inside you want to, you don't want to be hard hearted you want to be tender hearted and if something bothers you don't ignore it stop if you say something to somebody you shouldn't have said if you're doing decently spiritually your heart's going to bother you soon as it, I mean as soon as it comes out of your mouth before you're finished saying it your heart's going to smite you you're going to go ah Sometimes people say, well, the Holy Ghost condemned me. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. That's your own heart. That's your own heart condemning you, not the Holy Spirit. He will convict you, convince you of the truth, but he's not condemning you. But your own heart will. 
your own heart will smite you. And you go, ah, I shouldn't have said that. Well, don't ignore it. Don't let your pride choke you. Admit it. Confess it. Stop right there. Humble yourself and say, I shouldn't have said that to you. Amen. Say it out loud. You know, when you're in that kind of situation, speak right up. Or if for whatever reason you didn't do it and you get home and your heart bothered you all the way back to the house, well, call them. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath and don't let the night pass with your heart bothering you. Same idea. What are we looking for? We're looking for peace and we're going to follow peace. What if something's bothering us? Something's agitating us. We need to quit that. We need to quit what's doing that to us. We need to quit going that way. But you know, people's pride. I said I was going to do it. We've been planning it for eight months. We already got all our stuff. Some friends of mine had been planning their Christmas vacation for, I don't know, a year or better. And they were going to, uh, I guess it was, it was Thailand. And they had two young girls. They were going to the beach. They were going to spend time in the warm sun and on the beach. And as they got closer to it, time to go, they got their tickets, they got their hotel, they got all the stuff. The man of the house, the father, began to bother him. Something began to bother him. And these are friends of ours. Phyllis and mine personally, and people has been in the ministry for years. And uh, he tried to ignore it because the girls were so excited, and everybody had been planning this for a, a year or whatever. And, and uh, finally, it just kept bothering him kept, because they're continuing to go like they're going. And the closer they get to it, the more it bothers him. What does he not have? Peace. He doesn't have peace. What should we be looking for all the time? Peace. And what do we follow? Peace. Peace. What do we not follow? Confusion. Agitation. Unrest. Tumult. Finally, these are people that pray and, and, and believe God. Finally, he, he's told his wife, he said, I, I don't want to say this, but something's bothering me about us going doing this trip and vacation. But she wasn't happy about it either. But she's a spiritual woman. And so they prayed. And days went by. And he, he just couldn't, couldn't get clear of it. He said, I, I don't know what it is. Well, what is it? I don't know. He, he said, well, we're just not going to go. I'm, and he told the girls. They were disappointed. The same days they were supposed to be there was when that big tsunami came. And wiped out that whole area. Somebody say, wow. Now, if they had been washed away with the many other people that were, people would have said, well, I don't understand that. These are good people, good ministers. Why did God let that happen to them? It's not God's fault. That's the wrong question. Because you can be sure every one of God's people, he's doing the same thing with them. Many just are not listening. Not checking, not looking, or even if they get it. Every one of us have ignored that and went on and found out why. And how many times have you heard people say, 
I knew I shouldn't have. Well, if you knew you shouldn't have, why did you? People have not been taught, pay attention to what you get in here. Pay attention to that. Don't override that. Don't ignore that. Because if everything's okay, you normally don't even think of it. Doesn't even cross your mind. Everything's great. Everything's good. You just got peace. But when something starts bugging you, something starts grating you, don't just keep blaring and pushing through. Stop. Start praying. Start looking. I'm not talking about fear now. I'm just talking about check and look. And if you can't get clear, put it on hold. Even if it messes with your plans. How many think they were thankful that they weren't on that beach? They're two girls. Two young girls. I mean that whole place was. I don't remember the name of that that place. But that whole thing. You know what I'm talking about. A few years ago. It was just completely washed away. Many people died. They were supposed to be there. Thank God. For the leading of the Holy Spirit. When he finally quit trying to go and kept going that way and they decided they weren't going to go, guess what happened? Peace. He's like, he's okay now. Didn't know why. Couldn't tell his wife why. Couldn't tell his girls why. Girls are unhappy. But the girls are alive. That's a pretty big deal. The peace of God that passes understanding. It keeps your heart. It keeps your mind. If you follow it, it'll keep your life. Hallelujah. 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 Keep you from being at the wrong place at the wrong time. The enemy is always trying to set us up. He's a killer. He's a thief. He's a murderer. He's always trying to set up some scenario to get you or me at the wrong place at the wrong time. Something bad happened to us. I know it's not, that's not a nice thought, but that's just how it is. That's how this world is. He's always trying to do that to you and me. But the bigger one, the greater one, the smarter one, the wiser one is in us. And he will help us to not be ignorant of Satan's devices. And if we learn to be led by his spirit, you know what will happen? The devil will work, work, work and try to set this up, set this up. And he'll have us all primed for it. He might have been working on it for months or even years. And we'll start to go and go, oh, hmm. You know, I think I'll just go this way today. And just miss the whole thing. And those demons got to be pulling their hair going, no, no, no. No, we set this up. Took us eight months. Of course, you wouldn't know it because it didn't happen. You just know everything's okay. No problems. Friend, when you go day after day, week after week, month after month, no significant problems, you're getting help. You're getting help. Because this world's a dangerous place. There's a lot of bad stuff going on down here. You just keep going through life and you're being kept, being kept, being kept, being kept. You're dwelling in the secret place. Of the most high. Under the shadow of the almighty. Hallelujah. Somebody say that's me. That's me. James 3. Are you there? 
Verse 16. For where envying and strife is, there's what? Confusion and every evil work. Where you see strife in manifestation and you see confusion in manifestation, the devil is in manifestation. And when he's in manifestation, there's going to be evil or bad stuff happening. One of his favorite things is rioting. And even better, as far as he's concerned, is war. Where people get so enraged that there is this mob madness. And people just get in. They don't know what they're doing. People die in these situations. Don't they? And to take that much further is all out war. He's a killer. He's a destroyer. That's what he wants to do. But when everybody is in a peaceful state of mind. And a loving and wise state of mind. It's hard to get them to kill each other. They're just not even close to it. So how does he get them from, hi, how you doing? Good. I'm good. Yeah, you? Yeah. Let's go do such and such together next week. How do you get them from that all the way to killing each other? They're not just going to do it off the cuff. What do we do? You start by getting them to believe some lies about each other. Getting them confused about what's really going on. Come on, can you see this? And getting this one to say something they shouldn't say. And that one to say something back they shouldn't say. And get some strife going. Come on, can you see this? You get enough confusion and enough strife, it just compounds. And it gets worse and worse until somebody not only says something they shouldn't have done, they do something they shouldn't have done. And then they retaliate and then they retaliate. And you have a war. People die. Stuff is destroyed. But we don't ever have to allow the enemy to work us up into that state. We can be protective of our hearts. And we can keep our peace. We need to be protected. Out of your heart are the issues of life. And you need to grab hold and go, nothing is stealing my peace. Nothing. I'm going to hold on. To the peace of God that passes understanding. I'm not going to follow strife and confusion. I'm not going to yield to that. I'm not going to go that way. When you see things start spiraling out of control. You see conversations start going. Don't just keep going. Stop. Just stop. And say, you know, this is not going well. Let's take a break. I don't want to. Well, I insist. I'm going. Do not just keep going down that path because it's going to get worse and it's going to get worse quick. Look at it again. Where envying and strife is, what else is there? Confusion and every kind of evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure and then what? Peaceable. When the direction that really is coming from God It's not going to work you up. It's not going to confuse you. It's not going to vex you. When you're really getting some direction and wisdom and help from him, you're going to go, ah, that's it. 
Peace. Peace. Answers from him give you peace. The wisdom that's from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. It's easy to talk to. Full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Verse 18. And the fruit of righteousness is shown in peace of them that make peace. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of peace. If I'm going to be led by the Spirit, if I'm going to do things in the Spirit, I need to be looking for that peace and I need to be following that peace. We live in a world where all kinds of stuff's going on. Many voices in the world. Some of them coming through people you know. Trying to lead you this way, trying to lead you that way. There's all kind of reasoning. Do it because of this. Do it because we need it. Do it because I want you to. Do it because it's the cheapest. It's the best. It's the quickest. It's the. You don't want to be led by any of that. You don't want to be led by what you want to do. You want to be led by the one who's inside you. Because you trust that he knows what's best. He knows the thing that's going to cause us to turn out in the best possible way. Look in Colossians. Colossians 3 and 15. It says, let the peace of God do what? Rule in your hearts to the which also you're called in one body and be thankful. Let the peace of God do what? Rule where? In your heart. We know we're supposed to look for the peace. We know we're supposed to follow the peace. And another way of saying follow it is right here. Let it rule. Listen to the Amplified. Let the peace from Christ rule. Let it act as umpire continually in your hearts. Deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. Just like the umpire who's at the base. Is it safe? Are they out? Who gets to call it? The person defending the base? The guy running to the base? Who gets to call it? The crowd? The announcer? Who gets to call it? There's a lot of people trying to call it. He was out. He was out. No, he was safe. What do they go by? You don't get to call it. The people playing the game don't get to call it. The announcer don't get to call it. Right? The umpire. He gets to call it. Well, what gets to call your decision? What you see, what you think, what you want, what they said. What the report said, there's a lot of stuff trying to call it. Let the peace call it. You think about doing this. This can't get settled about that. Then don't do it. Think about doing this. Mm, more you think about doing it. Looks good, sounds good. But then when you start that way, something's bugging you about it. 
Not up here. Not out here. It's in here. Don't ignore it. Don't push past it. But when you when you think about doing this thing, more you think about it, for lack of a better phrase, better you feel. It's not a physical feeling, but it's it's a witness. The more you look at it, the more you think about it, the more you pray about it, it just increases. So if it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. Amen. He's not changing. Day in and day out. And so the more you pray about it, the more you look at it, the, the more you go towards that, you got peace. You got peace. It, it, maybe it's not what they think you ought to do. Maybe it's not the cheapest or the easiest. But let the peace of God act as umpire. Let it call what you do and what you don't do. And the more you pray in the Spirit and check on the inside of you, trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Instead of asking everybody what they think you ought to do, quit doing that. Instead of just continuing to try to get all the information that you can get, you find out information. Use your mind, but you can never find out enough. You don't know the future. You can never find out everything about it, but there's somebody in you who already knows. Already knows. Get quiet. Turn off everything. Quit texting. Yeah, actually turn it off. Turn it off. If you can't stand it, put it in another room. I'm serious because this kind of stuff can hinder you from hearing from God. If you're just continually, your mind's interrupted and you can't stay on a train of thought more than a few seconds. That's being carnal. And it's important that you make the right decision on these things. Life is a series of choices. Decisions determine direction. Direction determines destiny, destination, where you wind up at. A decision puts you on a course. If you stay on that course, you wind up at a certain place. If you'd have picked this way, different course, different life. Pretty important. How are we going to make our decisions? I don't have to know everything. I don't have to understand everything. How am I going to make it? I let the peace of God rule in my heart. The Lord gave me a song along this line. Let it quiet my mind from fearful thoughts. When problems rise like storms on the sea, the peace of the Lord is on me. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.